welcome to Board Game Binge. The place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Jesse Stacy from Triceratops Games. Triceratops Games launched their debut title, Journey Adventure Quest, last year on Kickstarter. Jesse, welcome to the binge. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well, James. Thank you for having me uh, on today's episode. I'm excited to be here and share with you. Oh, it's amazing to have you. And we were saying just before we went on the air, for those people out there that follow me on TikTok, give us your trademark intro. Man, what up, board game TikTok? What up, board game TikTok? I love it. Yes. You got to bring that back, man. I want to see that I, on I, every single I haven't TikTok. forgot about it. We'll bring it back, especially when I do the handheld. I'll bring it back to that. <laughs> or if I'm set up, maybe maybe I'll skip that one. But, you know, the handheld one, definitely I got to hit that. I like that. So I'm jonesing. I'm jonesing. I want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> so you're from Triceratops Games. Um, yep. I've been following you for about a year. It's the first time we've actually met in person or even virtually. Yeah, uh, but I am familiar with your work just from, of course, TikTok, which is just an amazing yeah. platform for a lot of people to follow. We can see a lot of people joining us and even live right now. Um, you know, before we get into Journey Adventure Quest or Jack, as you guys call it uh, for short form, let's get into kind of your background. I really want to kind of learn more about you as an individual and how you got into this industry. So you've been uh, game designing, I guess you said, for 10 years. Yeah, yet 10 years. Debut title is Jack. So mm -hmm. what happened over those 10 years? Uh, I, I was just doing it for fun. Uh, I really, uh, again, I work with teenagers. I'm a, I'm a youth minister by trade. Uh, I work with teenagers and I plan tons of run around in the game, running around the dark games. You know, we got some evil pirate chasing us. I come up with some coin mechanic that you have to pay him off to not chase you and put you in the jail. So I was always coming up with these crazy wild games for my teenagers. And I was like, man, I just, and I loved board games so much. I started, I, I grew up a TCG -er. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I played Pokemon, I played Yu-Gi-Oh, I played World of Warcraft trading card game really heavily. I played in Worlds for it. And board games really started scratching my itch. And that's how I actually went to Gen Con for the first time was through World of Warcraft trading card game. They paid they paid for our badges to go wow. and play because like it was nationals. And so I was super excited, but I didn't even go into the convention hall at Gen Con until maybe year three or four. Uh, and I just... I, I remember going in there and be like, wow, these board games are crazy. This is so amazing. Uh, and so I had this uh, this moment of I, it started scratching my itch uh, for all of that. And I really I really enjoyed that. And so I started designing games. Uh, I started wanting to build my own kind of thing. I play a game and it not be exactly what I wanted. So I'm like, well, how can I twist this or how can I change this? And I started doing house rules to games and those kind of things. So, yeah, I, about 10 years ago, I made a game and I started playing it a lot with other people. Oh, amazing. And so your, your design partners that, uh, that are, that are in here, what is, uh, who are they? Can you talk a little bit about who they are? And yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, uh, Tommy, uh, is a guy that I go to church with and he played my game and he was the one that really got me fired up about, man, we can make this and make this a game. Uh, and that would be really exciting that we do that together. Uh, and so, cause I was just going to sales pitch it and maybe see if a publisher would pick it up. Uh, but, but he just said, I think this game really has potential. We should, we should do that. We should. And he was a big board gamer also. And he, and so he was fired up, 
uh, for that. And, and I really appreciated that. He gave me the push that we needed to get out there. Uh, and then uh, Brandon is Tommy's friend uh, and he's a lawyer uh, and he, well, he has his law degree. He's not technically a lawyer anymore, but he, he got his law degree. He has all this English background. So when it came time to write the rule book that Brandon took care of that, Brandon was awesome. Uh, and so like all our wordsmithing type stuff, Brandon put together. I think that was one of the biggest things that I had a fear of when designing the game was writing the rule book. I did not want to write a rule book because I am not a, a English type person. I was like, there's going to be thousands of errors in here if I try to oh, make yeah. something. Uh, so that was really nice to be able to hand that off to him. I mean, that's cool. So you're getting together with some some friends and you're kind of talking game design. And um, mm -hmm. now were the other two guys, were they game designers as well? Like, is that kind of their, like, how long had they been game designing? Oh, no, they, this was this was their first adventure in it all. So like wow. they, they refer to me a lot of time as lead designer Jesse because like I, I have lots of games, prototypes I put on the table. Now they are starting to dabble in that because I definitely encourage them to like, hey, man, like, why don't you come up with something and bring it to the table that we can pick at? Uh, so that that's been really cool. But no, they had they had no game design. Tommy, again, longtime board gamer. So was Brandon. Brandon played board games for a long time. So they both yeah. really wanted to take the adventure together. So. And what was one of the first things you guys kind of discovered when you started on this path of game design? Like, what was something that you're like, wow, we didn't expect to kind of run into this at all? Um, there's definitely a few things. Um, I'd probably say just like the moment we decided to kind of do this and be a company, marketing should have began then. But yeah. just putting out our, our company, our logo, our all of those things and just start spreading awareness that we exist and that a game is coming, even though we we made the company and the game didn't come out till a year and a half later. I just wish we would have been gas pedal down on that marketing and building a brand and building connections. Uh, I, I wish we would have done that for sure from the beginning. It's so important. I, I actually had somebody on one of my TikTok videos, actually one of my older videos, but they had commented on it and they said, Hey, I'm looking for some advice. You know, I've got a uh, this idea, but I'm 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 afraid to share it because I, I think I need to get a trademark first. I need to get a patent and all this kind of stuff to to protect my my IP. And my advice back to them was you cannot overshare. Like share, share, share as early as you possibly can. Yeah. No one's looking to steal your idea. No one cares. <laughs> They're focused on their own idea. Right. They're focused on their own stuff. Like no one, if anybody's seriously in game publishing or game design, the last thing they have time for is going and kind of investigating your idea to see how they can steal it. Um, you are far better off to just share as much as you possibly can as frequently or as often as you can uh, so that, uh, you know, the word gets out there and people can start kind of understanding what you're doing because then they feel like they're part of that journey. Right. As yes. Well. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Totally agree. And then did you find, so the tick, when did the TikTok start? Cause I didn't go back to the, the very beginning of your TikTok, but was it around the same time or? Uh, yeah, I, I jumped into the TikTok pretty early on. I had my, my main account page, uh, where I would just yeah. do rants and silly stuff. Um, I, I me, mean, I'm a, I'm a Pokemoner, uh, and I also made a Pokemon journey game that, mm. so me and my son would go on hikes and he would catch Pokemon with a dice mechanic that I came up with. And so he was on a real life Pokemon journey. And I actually had one of my videos get over a million views with that. Uh, so like, wow. that was really fun on my side. So I was doing a lot of stuff on my side, but I was like, well, I enjoy doing this over here. I could do this for Triceratops too. Cause I started 
I started a little bit on my actual, on my own page. And I was like, oh man, this is a moment where I need to take and make a brand of this and start building a following there, even though it's going to take much longer and I have a smaller audience, but it would be more of the niche audience that I'm looking for that is about the board games and looking for that content. So yeah, that was, that wasn't too long after we started, you know, and that was again, Tommy and Brandon, they're not, they're not TikTokers really. They were like, uh, Jesse, you got that? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. So I was excited to, to do the TikTok stuff. So how did you like what would be some advice you'd give to someone who's trying to start like a TikTok channel? Cause I mean, I mean, a million views is a is a massive number. And obviously Pokemon is uh is something that's pretty ubiquitous, right? There's a lot of yeah. people looking for that content. When you're trying to start something from scratch, like how how should somebody go about that? Yeah, I, uh, they always say be consistent. And I would say that's true. My numbers always seem a little bit better. It seems like TikTok lately is capping us at around that 300, 400 views at most. Yeah. Uh, but the more consistent I am, every once in a while, I have that 600, that 800, that thousand view video uh, to stay consistent and stay on rhythm too. You know, don't break character too much. Stay on rhythm. Yeah. Be the content that they're looking for. Uh, if you're getting away from that too much, then you're going to lose your audience because they're like, well, this is isn't that this isn't the things I'm looking for. So I try to make sure all my content is board game related. And I tried to also come up with a pattern of like, oh, that's on Tuesday. I'll try to do a Tuesday tip on, uh, you know, maybe do a throwback Thursday every once in a while. Like I like to bring up a old prototype looking thing from Jack and show it on there. Uh, cool. So I just try to have some things because I, I get stuck in this a lot. So this is advice to me also is I get stuck where I'm like, uh, it's 10 o'clock at night. Like, what can I do? You know, like, I was, and, I, and I, I wish I would have planned that out a little bit better, kind of put some forethought into it and, and stitching other people, other people have great content and, and you, they just, we're looking for a response to that. Like, I, I'd love for somebody to answer when somebody at poses a question, stitch that question in and give your answer to it. Um, mm. Because I'm, I'm looking for that from other people. Like, oh man, I wonder what other people are doing with this and not just read a bunch of comments, but even just stitch their content. I think it's good because that's good for them too, because their content's getting pushed by other people. And so that's a, that's a, that's a help you know, a symbiotic relationship that's really good. How many lives do you do? Or do you frequently do lives at all? Or We we have only done one live because we just, I think we just hit over the thousand mark yeah. uh, back um, not too long ago when uh, when I did some of that coverage of Serial Killer. Uh, <laughs> he he uh, he took us and helped promote a video of the Serial Killer and that gave us some more followers and that actually finally broke our, we were always flirting at that thousand people mark. So I haven't had opportunities to go live, but I do want to do some lives in some of our board game design sessions that we do, me, Tommy and Brandon. I think yep. that'd be really good of like, what are y'all talking about in this? Like, We've been talking about the Amazon and we've been talking about trying to get into Barnes and Noble and what that can, what, what would be the process to doing that, uh, just new game ideas, all that is stuff that we we have on our agenda items. And I'm not sure if somebody would love to see that or, but hey, maybe we just tap in, hey, we're having a meeting. These are the things we're talking about. We're just live for a moment. Anybody got any questions? I think I would love to, to do some things like that. And TikTok's looking for longer content as well, right? So for me, it was getting to that thousand was the toughest part. And once you get to the thousand, then every time you run a live, uh, usually they'll pick up a few more followers. Um, and and kind of for me, the kind of the big change was finally being able to like getting people to sign up was literally asking. So I was, you know, experimenting, doing videos and tips and things like that. And it wasn't until I started doing videos where I said, do you want more of this kind of content? Follow me for more. 
And yeah. once I started doing that on my videos, I actually started seeing my follower account start to increase, right? And then once you get over the thousand, you can start doing your lives. And obviously then your your audience is going to grow from there. Um, so that's yeah. and are, do you guys focus on uh, Instagram as well or YouTube or is it just TikTok? Uh, we have like our, our promo videos for Jack and stuff on YouTube. We don't have anything really outside of that on YouTube and Instagram. We'll do posts about Jack or like we had that, uh, forest and caverns, uh, place that we went to on Saturday and we did yeah. some coverage there and got to mingle with the community. That was really cool. Uh, we, we post about all that stuff on our Instagram, our Facebook. Uh, we try to make sure all of that rotates through there because those are a, a, typically a lot of locals that follow us and they're just connected to our community here yeah. uh, so we want them to be in tune with what's going on but instagram is a monster all in its own and it takes a somebody truly dedicated to instagram uh to make that thing happen uh just outside of just regular pictures and stuff that is that's a hard that's a hard code to crack where where tiktok i feel more organic and i i like i like interacting with the tiktok content so i think that's it's just more organic and easier for me Certainly, they reward raw content, I think, better on TikTok than they do yeah. on Instagram as well. It doesn't have to be as polished, right? Agreed. Um, so with Journey Adventure Quest, I'm, I'm going to share my screen for those who uh, maybe haven't seen the Kickstarter. And I mean, congrats on you guys funding on this uh, this Kickstarter last, uh, I think it was in the fall or it was last summer now? That was, uh, so we actually delivered last summer. You delivered last summer. Holy smokes, it's been that much time. So I've been following you for a couple of years then, because I remember before you even launched this campaign. Yeah. So our campaign launched at Origins in 2022. Oh my god. We gosh. were able to deliver right at the one year mark, which honestly like felt really exciting for like, us little first time publishers. We were able to get our game to people within a year. Uh, that felt really good because I mean, I've kickstarted a ton of things and sometimes, you know, they'll have you waiting a couple, two, three years for some stuff. So yeah. we, we were very proud of that. But yeah, it was uh, June... Um, it was origins 20, 2022 is when we launched. Oh, wow. So and explain what this is. So this is a little bit like seven wonders is I think is the way I've seen people kind of describe it. Can you talk a little bit about kind of what is this game about? What's the basics of kind of how you play and so forth? Yeah. Uh, I guess. So I say, uh, I like to refer to Journey Adventure Quest as uh, if you enjoy Seven Wonders, it's a drafting game similar to that where you're going to have a tableau in front of you that you're building up. Uh, but I came up with some really cool stacking mechanics of the cards. So mm -hmm. the order that they get stacked, uh, they could change uh, the uh, like the the stats on them. So you're trying to build up a character like Diablo. Like I, I so I grew up playing Diablo two. Me and my brother played a ton of that. It's a video game, uh, and you get like the, you know, you get like a really cool helmet, you get a cool staff, you get a cool chest plate. So I wanted to have all of those equipment slots that you're equipping your hero with. So the chest plate would come down. So you would draft your first chest plate. And when you draft your second one, it stacks on top of the first one That's and cool. all of their stats kind of get combined. So, and then they're just kind of like, it's kind of silly, but in, you know, in that video game, they would have like, you know, the, they would have like a, uh, you know, ice spear of destruction, you know, just something kind of cheeky sounding or whatever. And so I wanted that same feel. So like, like a nocturnal belt, it would be like nocturnal uh, shawl of darkness or something, but then they would keep its, it would keep its uh, first word nocturnal. And then when you put your next one on there, so then it says like nocturnal Arctic spear of hope, you know, that kind of thing. So they would build and then you'd get four deep and it's just like kind of cheeky and fun to say or whatever. And we always like, who's got the coolest piece of equipment right now? 
So I, I actually didn't catch that when I was going through. So the, actually the name of the of the armor or the weapon will actually evolve as well. Yeah, it expands oh, and evolves. Cool. So there's there's an Arctic set, a uh, complete Arctic set, one for each spot. There's like a nocturnal set, you know, there, a grizzly set. There's all these different sets. And they're all themed around certain things like the the, the darkness. is. There's a darkness set. There's a light set. There's uh, ice is like ice, water, you know, those kind of, you know, that kind of stuff. So, and they all kind of are themed, but they layer and they add names to it. And it's just, it's that, that's the fun. Like when I, a younger audience definitely loves that. And it's just like, Oh, I got the, you know, I got the, like Tommy made a mug that has like six, six of the words on the side of it. And it leads up to the clam of clams. Cause that's a, you know, again, we got some silly names in there and our offhand item for our, um, like our, like, it's like a, it's like a Kraken set and our offhand item is like the clam of clams and it's just silly, but, uh, it, it, but it's just it's real fun and we try to keep it lighthearted but the game has a little bit of depth to it too of yeah. your drafting strategy of what you're picking up and then the monsters same thing they they evolve and grow as well right yes yes that, that's true so each round you fight a monster and you're you just fight a level one monster and then the level two comes out and he stacks on and their stats get added together so there's there's in the Kickstarter, we were able to get a six monster on level one. So we have six level ones and then five level twos and five level threes. So through the combinations, you'll never fight the same monster twice unless you're playing a ton. Uh, but there's so many different combinations of monsters. So, you know, if it had one health in round one, that one health is going to be added to the three health of the monster in round two. So it has a total of four health. Uh, so it's always changing. And it's just a really cool variable. Uh, so the replay value is very high. And does that. the monster name evolve as well as you? Yes, it does. It does. So uh, you'll have the predatory harpy and it'll turn into the, you know, the the predatory uh, protective golem. You know, it'll turn into the next thing. And then again, a third layer of the indestructible or the invincible hydra, you know, so then you got the predatory protective invincible hydra that you got to fight. And so that's that's a, that's really fun. Oh, my God. That sounds like a blast. And then who wrote the, like the story elements for this, like coming up with all these names and, you know, kind of the story and the, you know, the weaponry and the bot, like, the, like, how did you guys kind of divide that as a team? Yeah. So uh, I, I'd say I built, I had another game that I designed before this one and I had a lot of lore of an island uh, that I kind of did with it. Uh, and I really enjoyed this island and some of the lore on it. So when we were designing Jack, I was like, Hey, I would like, are spaces to feel like they come from these areas like uh the like we have in a scorpion a, a set that comes from the desert you know there's a little desert thing on our island and inside the book and, and the backdrop of every card is kind of faded out the map yeah. uh so i wanted that map to kind of be pulled into jack uh right. and then we designed all our equipment around that so when i designed the equipment i designed it all around that but a few of our equipments they didn't like you know like i had a mushroom set originally and i still I still give them a hard time about it because it's a fan favorite when I show off old cards. They're like, man, you got to make this mushroom set because it's just, you know, it's just like, you know, padded mushrooms on the shoulders and stuff. And it's, you know, Mario red and white is kind of what the color was at the time. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Uh, and I just thought, you know, just some mushroom armor all over it would be kind of cool. Uh, but they cut that and we turned and we ended up making a phantom set instead. Uh, okay. That slowly became what the phantom set is now. Uh, but um, this, that, and then Brandon took all of that and wrote a lot of the stuff that's in the rule book that applies to the lore of things. Cause again, he's, he's a real wordsmith about all that. So that was really cool of him to be able to take all my ideas and what I was doing with that. So, Cause I did want to have a, Hey, there's a background here. You don't have to know it to play the game, but it would be kind of, it'd be exciting to be able to know 
oh, there's a little bit more here. In future games, I think it'd be fun if some of them tied to that that same island or same lore of things. And then who and you did you hire an artist or is this an artist that was already part of your group or? or... Oh yeah, so uh, our artist we hired our graphic design guy. He does. Uh, he did the cover of this box right here, like the one that we released. And he yeah. also did all our spells in the game. Uh, and he he built the card layout and stuff, which our card layout I had already designed, but he you know took it and did the graphic design thing to it and made it look really nice. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was Cole and Cole Cole did a great job. But our all our art from our our monsters and our equipment is done by Tommy's daughter. She was a girl in my youth group at the time, uh, so uh, she was seventeen when she drew all of that and made all of that for us. No kidding. Uh, so it was super cool, and I I, I was just so impressed. Uh, honestly, what happened was that my prototype I was like needing a few extra monsters, and I just saw her draw some dragons one day. I was like, hey, those are pretty cool. You want to draw some few monsters for me? She's like, yeah. So she just like kind of drew some things quickly. And sometimes we pull those up to look at them and laugh at how far she's come now oh, uh, really? and what she draws and puts out. And it's just so cool. Uh, she And she's already drew uh, monsters for our expansion stuff too. Uh, we already have our all our little monster set for a bunch of expansion stuff we're doing. So it's she's just doing, she did fabulous. I think it's cool. Like when I see the layout of the cards, um, you know, there's always the risk when you've got a lot of kind of information you have to communicate on a card for them to get busy and and be tough to kind of, you know, differentiate between the different elements. But, you know, I look at your cards, the way you guys have laid them out, they're very clean, right? Like, so I can imagine when you're playing the game and you're stacking a bunch together, you're not going to have the same kind of like, where do I look? My eyes are bleeding type of sensory yeah. overload like it seems very very was this something you guys put like a conscientious effort behind or yeah and and like again when i designed the prototype of it it looked almost identical to what we released except yeah. he spruced it up uh the only thing that was different is uh on some of the cards they have like a little flag that stick out to the side of their stats uh so they have like a bonus stat that gets covered up by the next card if you put it on there so you could have two two extra attack but if you play a card on top, which you wouldn't want to unless you had to, mm. but if you play it on there, you lose that too. That used to be at the bottom of the card, and that was really confusing for people because we also have attack tokens, and they always thought, am I supposed to take attack tokens for this? And I'm like, no, no, no. It's a permanent kind of floating thing until you cover it up. So that that through our playtesting was one of our big issues, and that's when we came up with that little flag sticking out to the side that gets that gets cut off. And so that was that was the only design element that changed. Uh, really through the whole process. Uh, and and again, Cole did a great job at putting together and and I really wanted almost all of it. There's all with just a minor few words of dawn, noon, and dusk, uh, when flipped at non, noon, or dusk, and then uh, a card can be uh, any guild. Those are the only text on a card. I wanted it to all be able to be told through symbols and yeah. uh, just icons. And, I, and I, that way it could translate to another language pretty easily if it needed to be. Yeah. And then are you, and so you mentioned just briefly there that you guys are working on expansions or you have expansions already or. Yeah. So we, we have several, several things. And I, I think a lot of board game design is like this, where you design and uh, I've almost, I've heard, pour your heart into it, pour everything you got into it and then start stripping it away to get the yeah. game that you need. Uh, so one of the things I stripped away was uh, an equipment slot 
that again i'm a big pokemon person a equipment slot that's like your companion like a little buddy a friend uh, mm. a little monster that travels with you you're you're familiar you know and i really wanted to have that as one of the equipment slots but it just didn't fit uh, in that first run, it just didn't feel like it belonged. Uh, so we have reworked that and tooled that around quite a bit. And I, I, I'm definitely excited about the pets uh, or, or companions, whatever we'll call them, uh, idea that we're going to bring in. But we also have, we have, I think one thing that's really cool is you can just sub out uh, equipment pieces. We just give you a bunch of new equipment and you take out old equipment and it's a brand new game. Something that provided you money, like a yellow set that provided you money. And now I give you a new yellow set that doesn't provide money. But then I gave you a blue set where you have to take a lot of negative victory, but it gives you the money. That just changes the game drastically because your money doesn't come as easy. Everything's harder to afford. If you want to afford it, you're going to have to take negative victory points and you're hoping to heal those away. So that really does change a lot. Uh, so I think we're, so we're hoping to be able to release just equipment that if somebody just loves the game, how it is, uh, and they could just put new equipment in, swap it up, mix it up a little bit. That'll be great. But also a few new mechanics. Uh, we got we got a backpack we're kind of working on with like stored abilities where it's like, hey, I want to use this ability right now. I want to be able to swap these two pieces of equipment around, those kind of things. Uh, so and it, But some people, they love a game how it is, and they don't like to add a bunch of new stuff to it. <laughs> but I'd like to be able to give them new cards to swap out so it does feel new and fresh to them. We do this as another Kickstarter. Like, would you do like a like almost like a reprint and with expansions or what? what? Uh, I think I think that's what we would like to do. That's what we're initially yeah. talking about. I would because again, we got our feet wet with the first Kickstarter run, and now uh, I, I did a TikTok on this of like we didn't have any backed by Triceratops games when we launched. Our, so we had zero created, zero backed. But mm. I personally have backed over 40 games and Tommy has personally backed over 40 games. Yeah, But we didn't transform one of our accounts into the Triceratops account. And I'm sure that some people saw that and was like, this is a red flag. Like they, yeah. they, they're not even a part of this community. They're not even backing stuff when we when we truly were. So now we have backed, I think it's 11 games. Yeah, uh, We're trying to build that up because I don't back on my own account anymore. We only back through Triceratops now uh, trying to build that up so that I, we would like to redo that because we learned a lot through that Kickstarter process that we would do differently this time. Uh, and it would give people an opportunity to easily access the first the first copy of the game, too. Yeah, that's good advice. I mean, uh, I ran to this when I was first started out as well as I had a, a colleague of mine. And my very first campaign and um, he was, you know, at the time I'm like, I'm having trouble kind of getting traction here. And he, he asked me, he said, well, how many games have you personally backed? And I think at the time I said, like, I think it's like one, it might even been zero. I, I can't remember. And he's like, you know, as a, and he's a super backer and he's like, you know, as a super backer, that's one thing I look at. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course now I've, I don't, I, can't, I don't even know what the number is now. It's gotta be close to a hundred games. Like I've, I've backed a lot of games. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, but people look at that and they say, okay, this person's giving to the community uh, as much as they're taking from the community. And I think people want to see that kind of give and take to establish that trust. So as a piece of advice, if somebody that's starting out for the first time, if they have their own personal account, they may be further ahead to convert that into their company account versus starting yeah. scratches, I guess is what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and again, I, I, I accidentally had two accounts. So I had like about 20 on each. And because... Facebook was had different email than my primary email. Mm -hmm. And so then I would go through Facebook and 
do a Kickstarter, but I could have easily just turned one of those into our company account. To, and like, you can't, they won't let you go back and change that now. Cause we tried and, and we even reached out and was like, Hey, is there any way? And they're like, no. And so I'm like, well, we have a successful one on our Triceratops now. So we want to definitely yeah. keep it. So we're just trying to get our rep up and, you know, so, and again, I love supporting the community and being on TikTok. I see lots of people like, Hey, here's our Kickstarter. And I'm like, oh, I, got, I got 30 bucks for that, man. I got $40 for that. Yeah. Like I, and, and I like games. So I want to play y'all's content and y'all are supporting me here. I'm supporting you. This is great. So. Yeah. It doesn't, cool. I mean, you gotta think if you want to support some adult, you can start support me for a dollar, right? You can help them with their back account just by throwing a dollar their way. Yes. And you know, that is that is pretty easy to do. Um, and so if you're in the community, if you see something where you're like, wow, those guys, maybe it's not a game that I personally want, but mm -hmm. I man, I really appreciate the effort these guys are putting in. And I can see how hard they're working. I want to reward that behavior. I'm gonna I'm gonna add myself as a backer and you know, just don't give me here's a dollar, don't give me a reward, but at least it helps them with their algorithms, it helps them with their backer account. Yeah. And you never know, there might be something to come up with on the next round uh, that maybe is something that, uh, that you want to add to your collection, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that that helps you on your your backed count. Like if you just do yep. the dollar, like it, it adds to that. And I, that's why I was telling Tommy and Brandon, I was like, hey, man, we just need to go through and find several games and give them all a dollar because that'll help, that'll help us feel more like we're, we're in the community or whatever. Because again... I, I wish I could back all the games, you know, yeah. but I'm, I think my self shame is like, I got like 25 <laughs> unopened games, you know, like I, I'm like, I got to keep up with my own stuff right now, but yeah. that's, that's not, not as good advice for sure. What's next for you guys? Like, so is the expansions Kickstarter, is that your next thing or do you guys have another game coming or what's, what's kind of next on deck? I'm working on a couple of littler games that I like. I, again, drafting is my wheelhouse. Like I, I just love drafting games. So it's hard yeah. for me to break that mold. Um, but I, I would like to maybe even have a little bit of a lighter drafting game. I also want to do a drafting game where it's uh, kind of like King Domino, where you're tile mm. placement. So you're doing a tile placement drafting in front of you. So I draft and I kind of build out and like, I got to know this can fit here. This can fit next to that. And I got some prototypes worked up of that right now. Uh, we've been playing, we've been playing it. I'm not sure what the theme is right now. I just have a zoo theme on it. Uh, and you, you get bonus points for having your like big cacks in the same area. You get bonus points for having your primates in the same area, some stuff like that. But uh, maybe we'll retheme that. I, a lot of people ask, are you going to have a dinosaur game? Cause we're called Triceratops games. So maybe I'll retheme that a dinosaur game or something. Um, so I, we have we have a couple of games that we've been working and playtesting. I really kind of want to make a, a smaller game because I have a lot of people who want to support us. But, you know, 50 bones is like, hey, man, $50 is that's kind of like a hefty, which yeah. it's an average board game price of like a big heavyweight game. Uh, but I wish I could have like a $15 game where I'm like, Hey man, if you'd love to, if you're not big into games, you want to do something lightweight with your family. I'd love to have a little game like that to also be able to offer in our repertoire next, uh, yeah. before we do some other crazier stuff. Well, that'd be cool. And you guys are going to Gen Con. Did I read somewhere that you got a booth? Yeah, so we got a booth at Gen Con. It right. definitely wasn't cheap. Uh, we were kind of like sticky shocked by that. Yeah. I've been going to Gen Con for 15 years and I am excited. Well, 16 years, I guess. 15 in person 2020 was online uh but for 16 years now i've been at gen con and i've always thought about man it'd be so cool to like have a booth here one day 
And so here we are this year. We because last year we didn't know if we were going to have the product in time uh, when it was time to sign up, and it actually it did come in time, but it, it would have cut it close for us, and that's so we didn't do it last year. So this year we are in there. Uh, that process was uh, it, it was simple, but like you 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 mailed, you sent the email, you explained all your stuff, you logged in, uh, you said, hey, here's all the things, and where are the entrepreneurial area of things? You know, like hey, newcomers, and I and I heard like once you get a booth, like if you decide to give it up, it's really hard to get one again. And so a yeah. lot of people have locked in their booths for a long time. And like, and they, some people get double blocked. So we're just a 10 by 10 this year. And I try to like always hype up Tommy and Brandon and say, Hey man, I remember when Everdale was a 10 by 10, like yeah. they didn't even do demos. They didn't even do demos at the booth. They just had the game and were showing it off. And I remember being like, this game is beautiful. I wish I could play it. And I was like, you know, they were a 10 by 10 at one point. So we got to start somewhere and let's just, you know, be a part of that community, be connected. Uh, and anything you could do to be visually seen is going to be good. So just being at Gen Con, you know, the biggest, biggest in North America is going to be huge for that. So we are, we're super excited for it. Oh, that's awesome. I want to congratulate you on that. That's uh, certainly a huge achievement. And congrats on on your Kickstarter and fulfilling it on time and quickly. Yes. Uh, man, you guys should be very proud of yourselves. I, I can't wait to see the rest of the stuff coming out of Triceratops. I mean, you guys are up and coming and it is so cool to see the energy just flowing from you guys. I want to wish you all the best in this coming year. Man, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, my friend. You take care. Cheers. All right, you too. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time. Oh, 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 oh